This is episode 16 of season 2, Trash Talking with Eco Warriors, featuring Lauren Lyles from the New York City Council. You're tuning in to Trash Talking with Eco Warriors, where women share inspiring stories about their careers in green business, sustainability, and conservation. Here's your host and founder of Trashy Beauty, Barbara Lee. Lauren Lyles is the communications advisor for Rafael Espinoza, council member for District 37 here in New York City. This district covers parts in Brooklyn, including Bushwick, Brownsville, Cypress Hill, and East New York. In terms of green legislation that helps protect the environment and calls for more innovation for sustainability initiatives in New York City, Councilmember Espinol covers some of the most integral movements that we've seen in recent years. From pushing for green rooftops in the city to pressuring the MTA to move to clean air vehicles, this is one politician that I can truly say I support. After an announcement was made in early April for the banning of all single-use plasticware from city agencies, including schools, hospitals, and jails, there were some serious rumblings in the community. Since the city buys 1.1 million pounds of plastic a year, removing single-use plasticware will help the city reduce its carbon footprint by 500 tons. That's pretty impactful. The criticism is what will be used to replace all of these current plastic items. My take is that this is a huge step forward towards a more aware public who can understand the toil that plastic wrecks on our environment. Yes, it would be better if we could all just stop using anything that is classified as single use, but realistically, we have to start somewhere. Moving towards compostable and biodegradable materials is a seriously big step in the right direction. I was super grateful for the opportunity to chat with Lauren from the New York City Council about this recent push for a more plastic-free New York City, as well as to gain a better understanding of why it's taking the city so long to ban plastic bags. Let's get trash talking. I am a communications director for a council member in New York City Hall. His name is Rafael Espinal. He covers the District 37, which will cover parts of Brooklyn, Bushwick, Cypress Hills, kind of help him with his press. And he's the legislation that we really fight for obviously covers lots of different areas, but specifically um, lots of green and environmentally friendly legislation as well. Yeah, and so that's part of the reason why we're chatting, right? There was pretty, some pretty big news recently <laughs> about the banning of plastic cutlery. I'd love if you could kind of like educate and tell us a little bit more about what's happening there. Yeah, that has obviously been getting a lot of attention because it's really exciting and it's a really big move for any city to do in America at this point. But really, really awesome that New York is doing it because anybody who lives in New York can tell you that plastic bags and just plastic trash, just trash in general, is not just littering our oceans and our earth, but just our streets. Like everywhere we walk, it's abundant, unfortunately. Um, But yeah, so kind of the situation with that, um, the biggest news that recently happened was that the city of New York is we will not be using any yeah, plastic cutlery and single-use plastics as a city entity. So any agency, Parks and Rec, all of the departments within the agency, all of our offices, we will not be purchasing plastics. Very exciting. We'll be using more compostable paper products, but that's us as a city. So when it comes to like a plastic bag ban and single-use plastic ban citywide for New Yorkers themselves, that's still in the work. So 
that going to be kind of sectioned off into several bills. Councilmember Espinal has um, introduced one just banning plastic straws. We've already, you know, introduced and we've had a hearing on, and that was really successful. And then there is the other one that's just banning single-use plastics in general. And then the plastic bag ban is actually coming from the state. So that will be um, up to all of our state senators and the governor to actually put through an action. And I don't know if you all can tell, but putting into laws, bills, legislation, it takes a while. So a lot of the stuff has been years in the works. So it's super exciting to get any sort of movement on it. Yeah, I mean, I remember I moved to New York City two years ago, and I remember they were like, yeah, plastic bags will be banned soon, um, <laughs> which obviously did not happen because it's a yeah. process. Can you kind of educate us a little bit more on what the process looks like and why why it kind of takes a while to get something like this in place? Because I think there's been some criticisms in the public as well about why it's taking so long. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Most of the public doesn't realize all of the steps that do need to take, so yeah, I'd love to. So when it comes to citywide bans or just whatever, the first thing that needs to happen is somebody on the city council needs to introduce a bill or a resolution so they can do it themselves, but typically you need, you know, a good amount of your colleagues to sign on with you, so you need other support of people in city council to sign on to the bill. So the council member will come up with an idea, their staff, their constituents. There's usually a big cry for it to begin with. Um, obviously with plastic, there was already for sure, but we get that written up within city hall and then goes to several, several steps in between, but I won't get very too minute because it's very boring. Basically it gets to vote at the full city council. So they vote on it. Um, but before they vote on it, there's typically one or two public hearings on it. So that's a chance for people to come out and voice why we need this action to happen. So that can be a very long hearing for plastic straws. It was a very exciting and long one as well because we got to hear from so many different people, so many different organizations, groups that truly do care about our climate change being real and our environment and our city being clean and healthy for everyone. So that's kind of the biggest part that most people catch eye on when it comes to any bills passing through is that hearing stage. And even after the hearing, it can take a while to kind of get in the schedule, unfortunately, um, because a lot of there's a lot of different things that the city government has to vote on and approve and things have to be scheduled months, months in advance. Unfortunately, it's like that. It's kind of like, I mean, if anyone has gone to court for anything, that sort of thing, it's unfortunately a long process to get in the book. But yeah, and then once it's voted, depending on what it is, it can be implementing any sort of law is difficult. But when it comes to implementation, say, of the plastic bags or just single-use plastics, it's going to take the entire community to kind of get everyone else on board because as much as we are passionate about it and we care about it, not everyone thinks it's important. So it's kind of catering the public. So we're going to be putting out a big full campaign, signage, everyone. We just want everyone to be talking about it and everyone on board. So that's kind of like the final straw when it comes to making sure people know about anything new coming through. Yeah, no pun intended on your life. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> awesome, amazing. Can you kind of like tell us a little bit more? I'd love to hear some of the reasons that came up from the public about 
why in particular they're targeting straws and bags and plastic cutlery um, and what kind of impact this really made on the city and the systems that are kind of in place already. Yeah, yeah. Lots of different areas of the world, any sort of industry really, um, are affected by the use of plastics like this. So, I mean, there were a lot of, you know, voicings about our waterfronts, our oceans, the food that we're harvesting from these waters also, specifically, and also animal rights activists who really do see the effects of plastics being eaten, ingested, harming all of our animal life in the waters. So that's was definitely one when it came to plastic straws in particular because, I mean, there has been very virally videos and photos of, unfortunately, whales and turtles and all of those terrifying photos of bodies being racked with plastic, and it's terrifying, especially when there are fish eaters not really thinking about the fish that they're eating and what those fish are eating because our waters definitely do have a lot of this plastic waste that we are using ourselves. So there's that. Obviously, there's a lot of different scary issues involving the water. But when it comes to like our city and then just like everything else in general, the reason that Rafael Spinal made it a big push for his personal legislation is because he represents a very, I would say, disinvested community. Children in East New York, children in the Bronx also, not his own district, but just a lot of kids in New York have the highest asthma rates. And that's just because of not necessarily some of these plastics, but just things that could be solved if we thought about our air and our water being cleaner and more environmentally friendly. Actually, harming the health of our children and ourselves. So it, a lot of it is animal rights and our per own personal health, but also a really big complaint of New Yorkers. Yeah, and even if somebody has moved here like two weeks, the first thing they notice is trash littered in our streets. And majority of that is going to be plastics, food wrapping plastics, single-use cutlery, plastic bag. There's a plastic bag in the tree outside my window that I'm staring at right now, and they are littered across the entire street, across the entire city. It's definitely not a picturesque or even anywhere that people would want to live. You want to live in a clean, more aesthetically pleasing, of course, safe, clean home, safe, clean city. So it's just so many things that are being affected by our use of plastic waste and with the elimination so many other things would look better feel better smell better everything <laughs> yeah no i completely agree and one of the other things i really wanted to chat about is that i think there was some criticisms like people were like okay cool plastic being banned but that means there's still going to be some type of disposable that is going to need to be purchased, right? Mm -hmm. Because people want to live this life of convenience and we're New Yorkers, right? We don't we don't have time to sit down and drink our coffee and eat our food. And I, I do understand this criticism, right? It's like you're not buying mm -hmm. plastic anymore, you're gonna to have to replace with biocompostables or bamboo products or anything like this and it's still kind of creating this culture and this issue of waste in general. I'd love for you to kind of address that criticism of why this is kind of like an important Step. Exactly. And yeah, that is a very valid criticism because, yeah, I personally carry around, you know, a reusable mug in my bag, but most people don't want to deal with that extra weight or deal with, you know, remembering it, forgetting it, that sort of thing. So we are going to still need to have a more environmentally friendly, you know, coffee cup topper that are typically just plastic. Um, but 
Yeah, the reason that this is the most essential next step is because in terms of just changing the public's mind, changing the way people live, we can't force everyone to just buy a reusable mug and use it every day. That can't be the first step. The first step needs to be, hey, look, plastic is super harmful to your home, super harmful to the world, super harmful to our health. We need to nix that out of the equation first, and then we can start talking about how we can change our day-to-day lives. Um, even the use of plastic bags, that's going to be very difficult for a lot of New Yorkers to get over in their day-to-day lives because people use those constantly every time they go to the store, every time they buy a bagel from the deli, it's in a plastic bag, even though it's already wrapped in, you know, the paper wrappings. So it's kind of just, there's got to be several steps when it comes to getting everyone on board with the fact that we got to do something. We don't have a lot of time, obviously, but we still do need to take those steps so that the entire public is completely on board and understands why we're taking these steps. Yeah, 100% agree. Love that you carry your own mug. I also, <laughs> and this is, so I feel you on, you know, that, that it would be a great solution, but it, it might not be the end-all, be-all solution. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And then I think something else that I wanted to try to ask about, if you know anything regarding it, it's kind of like this idea of, like, people bringing their own containers to venues mm. and restaurants. Um, I know that there are some cafes and uh, restaurants that will allow you to, and I absolutely love those places, and I try to frequent them more because they are supportive of it. Um, But Mm -hmm. at the same time, realistically, restaurants and businesses are technically sort of liable for doing so. And so Mm -hmm. I was wondering if there's anything that's going to try to be in the work to address that issue. There specifically is not, not in the city. I haven't really thought about that in terms of any sort of legislation, honestly, which is really interesting. Thank you for, you know, turning my gears. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, but that is something cool that a lot of establishments are doing. You know, I do the same. I, you know, find that coffee shop that really, you know, supports us Mm -hmm. bringing our own, you know, Again, like they're not all establishments are equipped to do so, but either it be the volume of people they have. I mean, they can't grab and make sure that your mug is clean um, when they can just pick up the paper one that they have sitting next to them. But yeah, that's super interesting and not not something that is in the works really when it comes to supporting businesses that do that or protecting them. Uh, a year or two, when I had spoken to Meredith, who runs Common Ground Compost. She's actually mm-hmm. working with some specific restaurants to be able to put something like this in place. Um, oh, but yeah. she mentioned that, you know, there are ways around it, but the city makes it extremely hard for those particular restaurants to create systems for it. Yeah. Uh, I was, there aren't, like, rewards or protections for those that do it. But when it comes to businesses coming up with really cool creative ideas like this that are out of the norm, there's typically a restriction on it, fortunately, that, you know, has just been in place for years and years and years. Um, When it comes to, like, I think generally it would be, like, a health code violation or, like, other just nitpicky things. And not even for that, like, just a lot of spaces that aren't, you know, up to code in any other form of matter. Unfortunately, small businesses have a lot of stuff they got to deal with when it comes to apparently running their business right. Yeah, there's a lot of things that could be barring them from that. Yeah, that's really cool to look at, and I would love to get more information on her organization and everything, actually. She, yeah, I can definitely send that to you. Um, it's, yeah. it's always so cool to see when people are, 
you know, trying to make efforts to get around, even if it is tough legislation to have to get through those things and yeah. like kind of persisting. But I wanted to ask because I think that that would be a really big step towards people being able to have more usability of reusables. Um, rather yeah. than it just being a cultural norm, like I think it should be, like you said, protected and then incentivized. Yes, totally. It is a really cool thing that people can grassroots do it, you know. <laughs> Let's just get it done and get people to be on board. That's awesome. Shift the conversation a little bit because I'd love to hear a little bit from you. It sounds like you're extremely passionate about this and you kind of like live these values. Um, it's not mm-hmm. just something you do for work. So it's right. like to hear more about you and why this is so important to you. I was trying to think about this before, and I can't really pinpoint, like, the time or the reason why the environment or just being green really, like, hit me. I would say, like, in high school, I definitely thought I was, like, a little hippie and (laughs) all of this. I did take an environmental science course. That happened when I was, like, 16, and that really made me want to never drive a car again, started like making my own shampoo. I would take like Navy showers and, you know, like only turn the water on at the beginning and at the end. I was very hardcore and gung-ho about it as a teenager. Obviously things change and, you know, lifestyles change, but I mean, I'm still as on board as I was as gung-ho, but I do remember that kind of like flush of like, oh my gosh, this is happening and things that I do in my day-to-day life can change it. Things that I do can affect like how long you stay on this earth and, you know, how healthy our trees are and how healthy our ecosystems are. So that was a pretty wild time of my life. But yeah, and it's definitely stuck through in everything that I do, I would say. I work for, in, you know, politics, I guess, or city council now, but I used to do similar things for like the film industry. So um, I definitely kind of like pivoted into, I was supporting a lot of art that meant that was important to me and supported issues that I thought about a lot. Then I kind of pivoted towards like, what can I do to make this action happen as quickly as possible? And obviously, you know, well, supporting any sort of art is obviously important and needs to keep happening. But yeah, I wanted to see the change happen quicker because I can convince my friends, my family, I can convince myself to make those changes in our day-to-day lives and, you know, spread the word about like how we can all make a difference in when it comes to, you know, climate change in our environment. But I wanted to kind of do it in a mass scale and help those that are on the same path and, you know, enacting legislation and, you know, informing the public in a mass scale that would get them on board as well. But yeah, it's always been kind of a super, I am the greenest one in the office, I would say. Um, Definitely making sure everyone brings their mug, um, making sure we all use our silverware in the office, you know, those little things. I am the Mother Earth mom to everyone, which is fun, and I would not have it any other way. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And I, I would agree that I'm definitely that person in my office, too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> kind of awesome to think that if we have these small, green, rebellious people in offices and other places, what impact that can make, kind of the greater movement. Exactly. Yes, yes. we got to plant them everywhere. Cool. And could you tell me a little bit more about, like, how it's been going for your career overall? Like, I'm, I'm sure it can be challenging at times. Like, you're working um, against a pretty big system to try to make 
some pretty big changes. I'd love to hear like what some of the wins and the challenges have been through your career. The biggest one overarching one I would say is okay yeah sure even if climate change is real there are kids dying in the streets there are people dying of cancer there are all of these terrible terrible things that unfortunately the human race has been subject to that we either do to ourselves or terrible things are happening the world is burning I don't care if I use this plastic bag. So it's kind of that sentiment that has not really changed and comes from everyone, from all walks of life, from all sort of backgrounds, from every industry. And it's hard to, but that initially is valid. You're like, yes, so something that I see in front of me happening, I want to fix that first. But the thing is, you can't really see the world melting um, and our climate truly changing right in front of you, even though you people don't equate that to what we're trying to do and what the message is, you know. So, yeah, like your kid having asthma at a higher rate than most, you're not going to equate that to terrible transportation and congestion problem that we have with our gas-fueled cars. It's hard to make that connection across all industries at all levels. So I would say that's kind of like the hardest thing just to kind of put it into focus for people and to have them see the connections of all of these troubles that they're dealing with can actually be solved through a multitude of things, but specifically can be solved through greening whatever whatever fraction of industry or legislation. Um, just making it greener would be a huge step towards making your life better. And what about the, the big wins that you've had? Like what's been kind of like the things that keep you going? Yeah, it is those wins and it is seeing all of the people and all the different kinds of people. You don't kind of, I guess you don't really notice throughout the fight, the number and the different kinds of people that um, come out and rally with you for whatever win it is. Once it happens, you kind of get that second to look back and be like, wow, look at all these people that came together that have nothing in common except for the fact that, you know, they want our world to stay alive longer and to, you know, have a cleaner, healthy life. So it is really cool to kind of see maybe not everyone has that perspective yet, but there's a lot of different people who do. And it's super exciting when, you know, anything happens. Like we did just have plastics and use plastics for city use, um, but we also passed our green roof spell. So Every new commercial building will require greening or solar from the city, which is so cool. Um, and like to think in probably like 15, I mean like 10 years, it takes a long time to build a building. Let's be real. But we'll be seeing those pop up all over the city. Anytime you're enjoying a rooftop, you get to look over and see a garden or solar panel. That's also really cool. So kind of just looking back on like the work that people put in and the kinds of people that came through to do the work and then just looking to the future is really exciting getting those ones down. Sure. Thanks for doing that work, honestly, because, you know, like we can't all do this for our our jobs and our lives and we can't all be the ones who are focused on doing this. But I think it is important to kind of mention that you know, while there are people who, like you who are trying to make waves on these pieces of legislation, 
Um, it is also still important for the public to support these things if they want it. People get involved and help support these initiatives. Yeah, well, when it comes to the initiatives, there's so many ways. Um, when it comes to supporting these bills, I mean, there's lots of when those hearings happen, being plugged into when those happen is typically difficult. The way that the public usually knows is through organizations that they're already plugged into. Base level, even getting involved in your like local government, I would say is a really big first step, not even just in these issues, but in everything. And once you're tapped into your community, you want to protect it, right? So you want to do everything you can and you want to be involved. So I would say tapping into that and ways to do that is every zip code, every area has a community board. They have monthly meetings. So I would say just, you know, give it a Google, give your zip code, Google for um, your community board and check out those meetings because it's really nice to kind of see the people that are incredibly active that are your neighbors. Um, yeah, when it comes to like more specifically green, you can follow our newsletter, uh, the Office of Raphael Espinal. You know, we talk about green stuff pretty constantly, which is good, um, and give updates and support to all of the different orgs that when it comes to, you know, waterfronts or if it's an animal rights group or if it's just healthy lunches, just all of that sort of stuff. But yeah, there's really I got to say, there's lots of different organizations that you can get involved in, and there's a lot of very, like, thick ones. So if there's, like, a specific part of this green fight that gets you going, um, you'll find a bunch of people who are also the same. So I'd say, as a child of the Internet, to head on there and find a Facebook group or find that specific organization. And I tell you what, they most likely have consistent meetings in New York. <laughs> cool. Awesome. Great. Well, thanks so much for all that tips about, like, what to do and where to find that. What about you personally? Like, have you have you had any, like, extremely big, like, inspiring moments throughout your time trying to be this eco-warrior and um, everything that you're doing in your personal life. I'd love to hear about like, what's kind of keeping you inspired to help protect the planet. Besides, you know, any, accomplishing anything at work when it comes to, you know, bills getting passed or, you know, campaigns going well, I think it would just really be getting people, like getting my friends to be the same level of on board um, and seeing them kind of make a more green change in their life because that's incredibly fulfilling, you know, like having a close person in your life that you see every day, but then the choices that they make hurt you in the end and, you know, are either frustrating. So I will text my sister every day. She's a huge, or she used to be. So yes, this is what keeps me going. She used to be somebody who really didn't think about it. You know, she ordered from Amazon multiple times a day. So just so much packaging and just, she didn't get it. You know, she just didn't understand how much waste we produce as humans. But just through my, as the little sister, I would call it nagging. Um, but for anybody else, it's not. <laughs> but just through me letting her know, why and what the other options are. She has stopped doing that and she's, you know, gotten better. She has run a reusable mug now. Um, so I think it is just like seeing my friends and like people I care about, um, you know, make changes to their lives that will end up, you know, making changes to all of ours. So it's just those little things, you know, like just seeing even like my coworker remember her um, like tote every day versus like having to go get a plastic bag when she grabs lunch every day, you know, just little things like that. Seeing it in action 
seeing the movement in daily lives action. It gets me going. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome to hear. I, I won't lie. I'm definitely that person who kind of shames the other people in the office for grabbing yeah. like. But to go back to lunch, just they just drive me crazy. You know, mm-hmm. you go down the street, you walk five minutes away from your office, and you get handed some food, and then you walk back for five minutes. That bag is literally only in use for a, a few minutes. And then mm-hmm. it just goes straight into the bin. And it's, it's exactly. I think, the, the most useless bag that I, I see during my day. And it just it drives yeah. me crazy because I don't think people even think twice about it. They just kind of mm-hmm. like, oh, I got handed this thing, so I'm grabbing it, and I'm going to go. And then, oh, this is just trash. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it, it, it's one of those things where I think, like, if anyone did, like, a waste audit of their office, I think they would also be horrified. Which I really want to do. <laughs> oh, my God. You yeah. should definitely get in touch with Meredith because they actually do this at people's offices where they'll do waste audits and they'll actually, like, educate the staff about, like, what happened. So instead of, like, you having to do it, you have, like, a third-party organization come in and kind of change yeah. your Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that would be way better. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's awesome. Yeah, and, like, it's all, like, fun and good when you can do it yourself, but it's even better mm-hmm. to just have someone come in and do it for you. Even better. Um, oh, my gosh. Sounds like your office would be supportive of someone coming in and doing this. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> cool. Uh, so what is your, what's your biggest tip for someone who is trying to be a little bit more eco-conscious or maybe, maybe this is like their first podcast they're listening to about sustainability and they just have no idea where to start. Like what is your tip for them to live a more eco-conscious life? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it can seem a little daunting when you're first kind of educating yourself because you're just like, wow, literally everything I own is a waste. Um, There's plastic everywhere. I see it everywhere, Um, which is true. But, you know, you just got to breathe because we can't change everything immediately. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, I would say, like, kind of the things we've been talking about, just like the two most simplest things, especially living in New York, I would say, is to – have yourself a reusable mug or especially a reusable water bottle. You've got to stay hydrated. So those can be interchangeable depending on who you are. Or I have two separate ones because I am constantly drinking coffee and drinking water at the same time. But just having one of those. And those are incredibly easy to find. Also, every brand on earth wants to brand their own. So any store you go to, I'm sure, has one. That and then, yeah, the reusable bag, just like a canvas tote um, for when you go grocery shopping, especially for New Yorkers because we get handed everything that we buy in a plastic bag. So even when you have those, I would say the hardest thing that I had to go through and, like, other people that I've heard is that, like, you just got to be a little more assertive when you're at the register or when you're at the restaurant when it comes to like asking for a new straw for your margarita just got to make sure that the person that you actually vocalize it because that's not a norm for anybody who's serving you or anybody who's checking your groceries out they want to put it in a plastic bag because i mean yeah that's their job but if you have that reusable with you you want to use it you know so i think it's just being mindful and having that extra oomph every time you go to the counter because we can tell everybody all day that they should have 
a bag with them or a mug with them or just donuts for plastic straws, but you got to actually use them and actually ask the whatever staff you're dealing with to also do it. So I would probably say that that's the biggest um, tip that I have um, because that's not something that everyone thinks about them actually needing to do. Yeah, I 100% agree. It's always so frustrating to me if someone forgets to not put a straw in my drink. Yeah. <laughs> so great, Laura. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to chat yeah. and to, to be on the show. Um, extremely enlightening and helpful, and I, I hope that it helps educate some New Yorkers about all the, the new legislation that's coming and what we can hope to see coming down the line. Yeah, yeah. I'm really excited for everyone here, and thanks so much for having me on. I had such a great chat with Lauren. I think my favorite thing about my conversation with Lauren is that like many of the guests on Trash Talking, she really lives her values both in her personal and her work life. If you're enjoying this podcast, we'd love it if you'd help support the show. For as little as $2.99 a month, which is less than a cup of coffee, you can help to sustain the work that we're doing to help improve the show and to bring you more inspiring stories from eco-warriors around the world. Visit anchor.fm slash trash talking to become a sponsor today. Anyone who signs up this month will get a personal shout out from me on the show. Other ways to help support is by subscribing and reviewing the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're tuning in from. We love reading all your reviews and getting your messages and nominations, so keep them coming. Tune in again next week for more inspiring stories. Thanks again and stay green. Thanks for talking dirty with us. Tune in next week for more Trash Talking with Eco Warriors. For more inspiration, follow us on Instagram at Trashy Beauty Co.